Breakfast puppies? Welcome to Have Movies Will Game, the only podcast on the globe where we take you, our friendly listener, through the best and worst movies of yesterday and today, and then discuss ways that you can play them at your gaming table. In every episode, our intrepid hosts, Matthew, Dusty, and Nathaniel, will filibuster fondly over facts and feelings of your favorite films, and then get to the glorious gaming goodness, giving Game Masters great gimmicks on generating golden genius. Have Movies Will Game, brought to you through the electronic wonder of the internet. Now, let's start the show! Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen you guys since WagonCon. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while. It has, <laughs> it has been a while. <laughs> been a while. <laughs> since we did this podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, hi everybody, I'm Matthew. And I'm Dusty. And I'm Nathaniel. And this week we are doing an, an old, an old favorite. We are doing... Jurassic Park. Dun, 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 dun. Dinosaurs. Rawr. <laughs> uh, and we are excited. drinking Old Granddad 114 today. This episode yes. is, is brought to you by paint thinner and gasoline rocket fuel <laughs> that is known as Old Granddad 114. And if there's anything in your, if you're sick, you're not after that. Yeah, we're no longer sick. It does tend to burn the pipes free. It's kind of like Drano for the soul. So this was the original Jurassic yeah, 1993, Park, 1993, yeah. yes. Yeah, Not this is any the of one the with all the quotes in it that mm-hmm. yeah. all of us 35 to 45-year-old people say. Yes. Oh, yeah. I saw this movie seven times in the theater when I was a kid. I don't remember how many times I saw it in the theater, but it, it was a lot. It was. I lived about 40 miles from a theater when this came out. So, so how many times did you go to see it? I one. saw it never, but oh. we bought it when it... <laughs> Finally hit. I thought this was about to be one of those. I had to walk, but make it to the theater and feed 40 miles of snow and back just to watch Jurassic Park. No, no. There's a bunch of dinosaurs. I was, I was into girls. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll see it when it comes out. So this is based off of the Michael Crichton novel, but we're not going to go too far. Yeah, let's not. Michael no. Crichton has a lot to answer for. Do tell. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, he's kind of a Stephen King. How so? Yeah. What do you mean? He sells really well in airports. Ooh, ow. He does. Ow. <laughs> ow. Well, the the late Michael Crichton would probably ow. have something to say about that if he gave a shit. He'd be going yeah, like, I mean, look at all my dollar, my dollar opinion. bills, he bitch. bury me in money. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but, the point is, is that, you know, he's no Fritz Leiber. He's just... No, uh, he's, he's... He actually wrote the novel because of his concern for the, the rise of scientism, and the exploration of, of biogenetics for the sake of profit. I had heard a story that this movie was licensed, was optioned from him before the book yes. even existed. Yes. He actually had been, the, the story came about in 1983 and had been kind of percolating in his head. And apparently Michael Crichton had had a list of beta readers, like his friends, his close friends, who would, he would send the, the, his books to and like, hey, is this a good idea? Is this you know, not a good idea? And initially, as the story goes, it was the story told from the pers- from the um, perspective of a child being in the park and having to get out while all these dinosaurs were running amok. And his friends thought that that was a horrible idea. So he later changed it to what we have now, although the book has a lot more science in it. Okay, so I need to talk about Sam Neill for a second. Oh, can we, please? Yeah. He's so good. I... Love adults or characters played by adults that like to terrify children. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
when, when he goes off with the claw and the kid's like, I like dinosaurs. And he's like, <laughs> dinosaurs like you too. They'd like to inviscerate you. And, you know, it just is so good watching the kid's eye change. There is an online rumor. I think it was recently crushed. A rumor that that kid, the annoying kid at the very beginning, grew up to become Chris Pratt's character in Jurassic World. That actor eventually chimed in and said, no, that's not me. But the, I, I think that was, that was a lot of like, like fan wanting. So Fan wantings can be fun. They can be. Yes. That was a fun one. There was a long laundry list of people that actually were slated to play uh, Grant's role or that role before Dr. Grant. Yes. Dr. Grant before Sam Neill got to it. Anyone uh, interesting? Harrison Ford. That's interesting. Uh, but he also, he felt that the part was not right how, for how him. How old was he at that time? Like forties. Well, that came out right around the same time as Indiana Jones and the last crusade. I mean, those were like summer block, a bookend. He, he still could have done that. Car yeah. Movies. Uh, there was also Richard Dreyfus and he turned down the part. Okay, yeah, he Fine wouldn't have been that exciting in this role. No. Uh, and Sean Connery was offered the role of John Hammond. Oh, Sean, that's my dinosaur park. <laughs> Come on, guys. That's Jurassic Park. That's Honestly, I think he did really well. Yeah, yeah he Ellie, was really good. Ellie Sattler had, like, the largest contingent of, of actresses that had been put up before they finally got to who's played it. Uh-huh. Uh, Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Julianne Moore, uh, Helen Hunt, uh, Terry Hatcher, uh, Elizabeth Hurley, uh, Sherilyn Fenn. I don't uh, know who that is. Nicole Kidman. Uh, she wouldn't know. Heather Graham. Okay. Um, Renee Zellweger. No. <laughs> no. Robin God, Wright. No. Oh, that might have worked. Yeah, yeah, that that might have worked for me. I, I, Laura Dern was great. Laura Dern was great. Her expressions were awesome. She was very, she was a very emotive actress. Yeah. She she did that character very well. There's there's just something about the the high pants wearing blondes of that era and that look on her face when her he grabs her head and turns it. That yeah. Look, yes. She did a good job of yeah. showing a look of pure exhilaration and surprise. That was not in the script at all. That was actually just completely ad libbed. Fantastic. She was supposed to be going off about that plant, and Sam Neill was like, nope, do this. <laughs> also, for Grant, William Hurt was offered the role, but he turned it down without ever reading the book or the script. Kurt Russell turned down the same role because he wasn't going to get paid enough, and Jim Carrey was considered for the oh, part of Ian God. Malcolm. For Ian Malcolm. No. no I, you know... Jeff we, wouldn't, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have that fantastic Jeff Goldblum reclining <laughs> meme. Can you see Jim laugh. carry that with his, with his shirt? Goldblum's <laughs> creepy sexiness. <laughs> oh, God. It's, that, yeah. The beams would be totally different and nowhere that near open as open shirt. Yeah. yeah laying yeah. there. Just sex. Dr. Malcolm. <laughs> Initially, well, a lot of people love, don't love, know what this movie Initially, James Cameron was slated to buy <laughs> like, the rights. I've thrown that guy out of my bar. <laughs> you know? I think I've seen you do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, if, if you just look at the cast there, and there, let me touch your hand. Dude, get off <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> let me give you a back massage. <laughs> it's funny on a couple levels, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fuck you, fuck you. Uh-huh. <laughs> let me give you a back massage. Talk about chaos theory. <laughs> Pet my chest. <laughs> Come on, Sam Neill. 
<laughs> that image gif of Jeff Goldblum relaxing there with yeah. his shirt open and Sam, Sam Neill Neil. leading up against yeah. it. it. It matches that whole statement. They kept trying to worry if they could. They never stopped to think if they should. should. <laughs> they should not have made that. They should not. It's awful. This movie would have been originally much different because James Cameron wanted to buy the rights and he missed it by like two hours. Good. Um, yeah. Uh, he Once he uh, saw Jurassic Park, James Cameron realized that Spielberg was the better choice to direct it as his version would have been more like aliens with dinosaurs, he's, he said. Uh, and it wouldn't have been fair to the kids. But the special effects were directly uh, influenced by Cameron's Terminator 2. Okay. Wasn't this the uh, the movie that also put, like, Ford Explorers on the map? Eh, eh maybe. Like, so, that, that was, like, the first big thing. And, like, everyone wanted... No, it was a, it was a deal at the time. Everyone wanted a Ford Explorer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it should have been Toyota Land Cruisers. And that's what was in the book. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry. I'm a big... I, I don't like Ford Explorers. You, uh, you know what I noticed about that? What? You was, don't care? It, no, that it was an electric car that ran along the rails that in no way, shape, or form touched the rails. No. Did anyone else notice that the car made no contact with the rails? There were a lot of questionable things, such as hacking with a Macintosh computer. Yeah, right. But, but not, not uh, even uh, uh, not uh. even OS X level Macintosh. Uh, uh, uh. We're talking uh, uh, uh. Macintosh. I think that was like OS 7. No. I, I don't remember. <laughs> Keep going. No. <laughs> I think that goes back to like how what many I was quotes using in high are there school? in this movie that are still there? There's uh uh uh, you and then hang, hang, hang on to your butts, hang on to your butts. There's shoot nobody cares, nobody cares. That clever one. girl, There's clever girl. That's the biggest one. Yeah, life uh, finds a way. way. The 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 wondering if they should have that one. Yeah, I just want to say that I think I, I if any of you out there are lawyers, you're probably not listening to this, but. I think every lawyer should go out like that lawyer did, terrified on a toilet seat and eaten by a dinosaur. He only even died. No, he did a clever thing. He went and hid, and the T-Rex had no idea he was there. The only reason that that lawyer died is because Jeff Goldblum ran over there. there. That's all his fault. That lawyer would have survived if Jeff Goldblum hadn't broken. God, what a a fucking asshole. uh, Ian Malcolm. (laughs) <laughs> Ian Malcolm was one of the best characters out of the whole movie. He was fucking awful. I hated everything <gasps> about him. Yeah, you did, didn't yeah. you? You felt you felt passionate about your hate. Yeah, yeah he was I a good did. character. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he was a good character. He was, awful. He was the best out of him and All he did was Grant. fuck up and get injured and then have to get carried out. He was awful. Yeah. And then they made a whole movie about him afterward. You do not put Jeff Goldblum you know, I in say, the leading I, role I of an action I still haven't seen film. any other Jurassic Park. I saw the first one. really worth it. Don't watch the second one. The third one's okay. Yeah. I like it, it actually had an interesting kid for once. And the uh, fourth one is, is you know, stupid d- and d- fun. Despite the uh, the computer scenes, um, there's only one point in this that doesn't directly translate to the present. And that's where the kids get all excited when they're in the car, like, interactive CD-ROM! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, cute. Yeah, it's, it's just like, fuck it, I got my, iP- my iPhone and my iPad now. iPod, <laughs> dating yourself, buddy. I iPad. You were gonna. Well, you know, <laughs> you're right, though. And it is also very it interesting. Almost, you could almost just rocket straight into present time. It is very interesting if you watch something like Jurassic World and you see the fucking huge park that they have on the same island. They have all of the showcase. They have, you know, the... All the consumerism. All the consumerism. Mm-hmm. They have... It's almost like a Disneyland in its size and scope. 
then you go back and watch Jurassic Park, and it's l- literally just that main building, and and a some, few of the pens. There it's was more yeah. of a zoo than a theme park, really. Well, yeah. in in here in this one, they, they yeah, the only thing that was that was fenced off, if, if I remember correctly, was the T Rex and the oh, Raptors and the Raptors. Okay, so but and then in the new one, everything has its own own area. Yeah, so. Yeah, this was the other one was more free range. Like, hey, go out and go do what you're going to do, even though you're separate, supposed to be separated by millions of years. That big game hunter guy annoyed the hell out of me. Oh, the clever girl guy? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) he was awful. (laughs) He's an NPC, anyways. Oh, God. Wasn't he, though? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stop this, you know, 600 pound beast with uh, a tactical shotgun. Oh, my God. Like, are you really a big game hunter? You're, you're lying. You lied to get this job, didn't you? You're just some fucking Australian punk who just came over. Nah, it's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, if if Velociraptors were really like that, that they would have been frightening. Recently, as recent as last year, didn't it come out that most dinosaurs had feathers and sounded like ducks? That has been a growing theory for a very long time. But like, and it's getting more and more evidence. Yeah, so yeah, that more and most, more fossils have been found, like in amber here yeah. recently, with feathers. Like there was there was an article. Not only of that, a, but they they got the vocal cords of the t-rex together and it would only be able to uh quack so something like that it's yes. funny but that's a major plot point of jurassic park 3 mm-hmm. is that they have quack. the vocal they have a 3d printed esophagus or voice box of a velociraptor and it basically makes quacking noises and they added feathers to the velociraptors in jurassic park 3 mm-hmm. so very true but we're not talking about yeah. jurassic and you, i'm just following <laughs> up on your statement i've, I've never yeah. seen the other ones i'm just going off my head julianne moore's in one and and then there's some like cia operative that's in like the third one and it it just it goes all over the place fucking samuel L. jackson playing pg-13 that was all oh, right i know who's gonna get these motherfucking dinosaurs <laughs> out of my mouth no, no nothing i, I mean he didn't swear I love, and you could no, see he, in his he, eyes he him did. trying so he did. hard he did he said I, I hate PG-13. these goddamn hackers Goddamn good. doesn't count unless you fucking and believe he in always had that, that always had a cigarette but it was always <laughs> flopping yeah <laughs> i just i just oh oh wait i have another one from the the quotes from the movie, must mm-hmm. go faster, must, must go, go faster, must go faster. That was actually uh, reused by him, uh, Jeff Goldblum, in Independence Day. Yeah, he recycled it uh, because he wanted to like kind of give a nod for some reason, weird reason. He wanted to give a nod back to Jurassic Park in a sci-fi movie. I didn't really understand. Well, they're both sci-fi movies. They are well, science uh, fiction. Yeah, by definition, true. Yeah. It doesn't have to be space to be sci-fi, Dusty. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of figured you'd probably you, you saw that that uh, that thread. What but, what thread? What oh, I thought you about? were no. I, I I thought we have. A, I thought we had a you thought wrong. Mutual friend on a Facebook thread. Somebody had asked, you know, like does does actual sci-fi have to be in space or in future or with aliens? No, no. stop being stupid. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the, the end of that. <laughs> that's the answer, and then we move on. <laughs> Damn, hopefully it's just your mutual friend. I'd be embarrassed. That you should be. be embarrassed if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. So this movie came out in 1993 and it was directed by Steven Spielberg. And if you don't know what else Steven Spielberg has done, you should I've watch it. I've never heard movies. of him. Tell us. Yeah, yeah. Give us, give us the top five, Dusty. Give us the bottom five. The bottom five. Don't encourage him. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk. We can go Schindler's List. We can you're go. You're going to lead. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I give up. Give me the old granddad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind. 
calling Schindler's List the bottom? Is dusty. No, I'm not saying it was a bottom. Wow. I just I just went wow. like the wow. other end of the spectrum from happy go lucky dinosaurs to not happy go lucky. <laughs> yeah, they were such pleasant dinosaurs when they were eating people and spitting goo on them and devouring them. Oh yeah, yeah there were only the a few of deaths. That guy? The hacker Nedry. From no, Seinfeld. What, what, no, Newman. What's his, what's his name? <laughs> Newman. Newman. I don't, I don't care the actor's name. He is Newman. He did really well. Nedry was played by Wade, Wayne Knight. That's him. Yeah, Wayne yeah. Knight. So the screenwriter was, uh, one of the screenwriters was Michael Crichton. Um, and he initially was very happy to be the screenwriter on his book. But then he found out that Steven Spielberg likes to bring in other writers. And he, <laughs> uh, which was uh, David Coep. Uh, was another Excuse writer you. on oh, the set. Good old co-op. Uh, David Coop has been known for Stir of Echoes and Spider Man back in two thousand two, ah. the Tobey Maguire one okay. and Ghost Town. You'd ever? Nope. Okay. All right. Uh, John Williams did the score as uh, always. John Williams. It's very very that music telltale. Still, still very good. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's great music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been used. I, I'd like to say, like, Family Guy has gotten a lot of mileage out of this movie. So initially, Michael Crichton, his agents had circulated the book to, like, a half dozen studios and directors. And Warner Brothers wanted, get this, Tim Burton to direct it. No. Oh, thank God. Thank no. God, no. I do not want to see Johnny fucking death <laughs> fighting dinosaurs. Oh, God, While no. Columbia Pictures wanted Richard Donner to direct it. Which would have been okay. That, you know, Goonies, Donner film. Why would that have been okay? Goonies sucked. 20th Century Fox was also interested, (laughs) and they were intending the project for Joe Dante, while Universal Pictures wanted Steven Spielberg to direct. Crichton was reluctant to submit to, he didn't want want a bidding war, so he instructed his agents to put a set price on the film rights, and he would decide who was more likely to actually get the film made. Uh, after interviewing all the prospective directors, he actually agreed to sign the rights over to Universal and Steven Spielberg, who was his first choice. He did option to get like a $500,000 signing bonus up front just for um, saying yes, and then a very large portion of the gross. And I've never gotten any money for saying yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're not saying yes in the right way. How would you recommend I say yes, Dusty? Yes! <laughs> yes! That only gets That's... me $3.99 a minute. <laughs> It's more, it's $3.98 more than you get. Man, why you got to make fun of my money? <laughs> you know, all of this is interesting, but yes. dinosaurs, come dinosaurs. on. Like, dinosaurs, man. This movie, going to see it at the theater was an amazing experience for me as a kid. Especially was, as THX yeah, had just it was, really oh, gotten Yeah, that was then. right when THX was coming into play, and that, it was great. And the, the boom, boom. That whole scene. I want to hear that played back. That sounded really good in the headphones. It probably sounds really good. That hey, was, guys. Mm-hmm. That, that, I just want you to know that uh, that was NPC and myself with those <laughs> sexy, sexy basses. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't in on that. That no. whole scene sticks with me today to the point that every time I watch this movie, it still gets me. Mm. I have a story about this scene, actually. Okay. Uh, a few years ago, we rented this beach house, as I tend to do every year in the summer, and this beach house had a 3D television screen. Or television set with full digital 3D glasses and Jurassic Park 3D HD. And it was fucking amazing with the glasses and the full living room surround system. And that scene, it was like I was in the theater again 
like a child. The T-Rex was coming up and then it stomped. And then that first scream and oh, God, it gets me every time. So the sound of the T-Rex's footsteps were actually created by giant cut sequoia trees being dropped from like 25 feet in the air and then landing. What's a cut sequoia tree? A very it's large a tree. sequoia tree that they cut. Oh, yeah. Is, is that two words? Cut sequoia? A cut sequoia. Okay. You see, on this time, you put a pause between it. I didn't before. No, you said cut sequoia. And I'm like, that sounds like an interesting Australian tree. I wonder what the wood grain is like. Does it take a stain well? <laughs> okay. Uh, also, the roars for the T-Rex were a combination of a dog, uh, a, a penguin, <laughs> uh, a Go tiger. T- tell us, tell a, us the noises. A tiger, an alligator, and elephant all at the same time. Ruined my childhood here, man. You know, appreciate it. <laughs> Initially, the T-Rex would uh, fa- uh, not falcon malfunction. Uh, in the rain sequences. So producer Kathleen Kennedy, who's now head of uh, like Star Wars and MCU, the MCU and everything else that goes along with that whole big cash grab. Uh, the T-Rex would go into, she would call heebie-jeebies and it would scare everybody there on set because they would be eating and then all of a sudden it would come to life out in the rain and it would just move around on its own. Uh, and they didn't know what was happening and then they realized the rain was causing electronic malfunctions. No, I bet what was happening is that somebody was literally fucking with them. And when they go to check the tech, the tech's like, oh, must be the rain. <laughs> I mean, that's how I do it. That is, I think that's how we would all do it. You must get be t- the rain. There's a 20, no, 12,000 pound animatronic dinosaur. I think anybody that would have the uh, the ability to get in and play with the controls would do that. The, uh, the original opening scene with what's a brontosaurus, I think. The, the long neck thing. The I land before I time. I think Brontosaurus was declassified yes. as a dinosaur. At Who some the fuck point. cares? You could see the CG on that. That that was that was pretty rough. The CG did not stand. Yeah, but it was er, it was early CG. I mean, yeah. it was it was it the fuck out of yeah, me yeah, as, a kid, as a kid. I remember yeah. at the time, but now I'm like, and it Whoa. impressed a whole bunch of other kids because because of this movie, the study of paleontology like had gone up. In a record increase in students around that time. Yeah, I mean, kids do. Love I mean, how many how many but... kids threw their lives away on uh, anthropology degrees after fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark? That doesn't make it a, a good lot. thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or, how, or how many kids wanted to be a pilot after watching Top Gun and they just couldn't? So this movie had a budget then of sixty three million dollars. Uh, it actually was in post uh, pre production for about twenty five months. The opening weekend uh, of June 13th, 1993, he brought in $50 million, which sounds like a bomb by today's standards. And the gross USA was $402 million. The cumulative was one, just a little over $1 billion for this movie. There we go. Yes. It's like it had to be a success on Oh, Sony no, Hall. it was. It was. No, it was. It was a success. But by today's standards, if this... And that's such bullshit, too. Can we talk about that for a second? Sure, I agree with you. If you don't make everything back on the opening weekend, you're a flop. Dude, I agree. shut the fuck up. You know, we're not, this isn't, we don't take the buggy down to the local speaky and see the fucking, you know, the talkie (laughs) film. These days are over. There's residuals, there's toys, there's... I mean, there's so yeah, many to- so and product stupid. placement and everything else that goes with it. If, if you don't make your, your nut back in two days, you're done. No, that's 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 beyond stupid. 
And it's a horrible way to look at it. I agree. I agree. I have said my piece. Carry on. <laughs> not not going to fight it. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. So there is a lot of science in this movie and a lot of bad science as well. And a lot of those dinosaurs don't look like that in real life. Um, fossils. I, I think it was fairly accurate for the time, though. Wasn't it? Well, even like the velociraptors were way off base, even for the time. Uh, Steven Spielberg said that he wanted he he talked to paleontologists and they said, no, this thing is only about the size of a knee. It comes up to your knee and it runs around like a chicken. And he went, yeah, that's not scary. We want it 10 foot tall. So they made the Velociraptor 10 feet tall. And the spitty dinosaur didn't yep. actually have that. Didn't have the, the umbrella rough, around its neck. Yeah, and the it didn't, spitty thing, didn't yeah. Frilly it. Yep. Yeah. But sometime later, um, during the course of filming, paleontologists actually did uncover 10 foot tall specimens of raptors that they've now called Utah raptors. Okay. Right. Interactive CD-ROM. Yes. I, I mean, I did this... I don't. I I'm losing that. It, it is. It is dinosaurs. It's dinosaurs. Man. It's dinosaurs. It, was, it was the yeah. Pacific Rim of its time. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I thought it was great because first of all, it showed a couple of my favorite dinosaurs. I mean, everybody loves the T Rex. I mean, that's like the big one that every every I think little school kid loves is the T Rex. But I've always had a place in my heart for the like the Stegosaurus, the Triceratops, and an Ankylosaurus. The Ankylosaurus is my personal favorite out of. All the dinosaurs. And which one was that in the movie? Uh, I don't. Ankylosaurus wasn't in this. Ankylosaurus movie. wasn't in this yeah. movie, but I'm just saying that that's my it was favorite in dinosaur. It was in the world. In the yeah, it was in the new yeah. one. That's, that's the cool big, fight scene. with yeah, that's, Ankylosaurus. Favorite dinosaur. Favorite dinosaur. You know, I always like the iguanodon. Iguanodon's good. Favorite dinosaur. Ankylosaurus. Ankylosaurus is just a big. I'm tank. sorry, I, I asked the question, Matthew. Too. What's your favorite dinosaur? I do love the Triceratops. It's basically oh. a tank. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like an ankylosaurus. It's a big tank with a big club on its tail. Yeah. Oh, that's the one that's with the, the little one. side spines? Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. You know, the, the the movies that followed showed more of the dinosaurs, but they also had less practical effects. Like Lost World, as shitty as that movie was, the very beginning, you see Stegosaurus is fighting a human. They're trying to kill a human that's at their nest. And it was really cool because, you know, if you're a kid and you're a boy, you're probably, at least from that particular era of time, you're probably into dinosaurs. I was. And I, I think I every kid has gone through that. Yeah. yeah. I just remember it being a thing at the time. Me and all of my dude friends were all into dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are the greatest fucking things ever. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Triceratops has got spikes on his head. Spikes are cool. And Stegosaurus has got spikes on its tail. The spikes are cool. And then in Jurassic Park Lost World, you see a Stegosaurus fight, and it's pretty fucking cool. So when I was a kid, uh, when we would play with dinosaurs, I would break off. I feel bad about this now. I would break off parts of Star Wars toys and, like, super glue them to, like, the backs of Stegosaurus. What kind of parts are we talking about? Oh, you know, like the turret from the Millennium Falcon. Oh, oh wait, see, hold you were on. trying to make Zoids, but yes. your parents <laughs> wouldn't buy them for you or something? So when I was a kid, we had, dino called, yeah. we had dino riders. I had all of them. I had the T-Rex with the battle platform. Nice. I had the Tyrannodon. I had the Ankylosaurus. I had the Iguanodon. At all, link is in the description below. Yeah. <laughs> dino riders. It's amazing. You know, I was, at the same time, I was more into Zoids, which were the fully mechanical dinosaurs from Bandai. Bandai. Really cool. And Tommy. They still make them. That's where you get the Liger from. 
Uh huh. I saw, I too saw Napoleon Dynamite. No, no, that's where they got it from. <laughs> the Liger. So, what what is one of your favorite parts of this movie, Matthew? Oh, I liked <laughs> I like Jeff Goldblum's pickup attempts. They oh, those fantastic. are fantastic! <laughs> like it just the the sheer shamelessness of it all. <laughs> the, yeah, just uh, he was a dog. He was a dog going for it. Just utterly shameless. I also uh, I, I'd say my favorite part though was. Um, Dr. Grant's contempt for children in the beginning. Oh, yeah. But he, he eventually rises to the occasion and becomes the father that she always wants. So yay for that. Yeah. But at the beginning, I really liked the cruelty. That really got my motor going. <laughs> I love his little gambit where he's trying to get into the other vehicle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, nope, close the door. What about you? When dinosaurs ruled the earth. <laughs> <laughs> That moment was like, go T-Rex. Yeah. Oh, where the banner falls? The yeah, the banner that, that's falls good. at the end. Yeah. On the DVD, the special edition, they have the storyboard, animated storyboard of the alternate end of the original ending. Not as exciting. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you can actually see in the movie when they're first coming into that area and they're coming out of the catwalk and then they climb onto what do you call it? Uh, one of those lift things, those people lifts. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You can scaffolding. S- scaffolding. Well, but it's like a, it's one of those that's like a gondola attached to an arm that raises up and down. So they climb into one of those, and then they climb down. But that is where the alternate ending was supposed to begin. And I remember watching the thing on the DVD. It's like this is awful. I can see why. It's going to have the raptor attack them on the ceiling and stuff. It was just no T Rex. T-Rex all the way, because T-Rex was the star of the movie. As it turns out, they don't go very fast now. I hate science sometimes. Oh, yeah, I yeah, prefer yeah. a good fantasy tale. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. A T-Rex that runs 60 miles, unfortunately, probably couldn't do that with its bones. Uh, yeah, now apparently the T-Rex could barely actually stumble from one step to another. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're saying now <laughs> that the T-Rex was more of a scavenger than a predator. And it had feathers. And it quacked! It was just it's a breaking big out of the duck. encampment. I feel like <laughs> I feel like all of my childhood is just. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it even worse. So you know the sound that the Velociraptors would make communicating in the movie. You want to know what they used for that sound? Go for it, ducks. No, it's Goose. tortoises. The same sounds that tortoises. They recorded tortoises having sex. <laughs> that's. That's pretty funny. Actually, like that's, that. that's not ruining childhood. That brings the magic back. <laughs> that carries it forward into adulthood. Go turtles. I don't know. I mean, I still like it. I think it holds up well. It's the movie is a whole, yeah. I think the movie is a whole, it holds up. It's basically the island of Dr. Moreau all over again. Yes. It's, it's, it's a classic trope. It's a good movie. I, mean, I, I will watch this movie. Science shouldn't do what science can do. Has anyone stopped to think of why? I'll watch that forever. That's, there, there that's are only, Frankenstein. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. There are only a few places that take you out of it being today, and the, the CD-ROM thing that you make comment An interactive about. Interactive the interactive CD-ROM. CD-ROM. Very important. <laughs> Ooh, wow! And just the the Ford Explorers and the fact that nobody has a cell phone and that the 486 system that that Nedry was using <laughs> or whatever the hell he was using. Those shorts. <laughs> Those were nineties shorts. Oh yeah. <laughs> the Barbasol can of, of shaving cream where they put the embryos in. That was, that was a good and a really easy prop to make. Cause they actually sell those. So yeah. You put your weed in there. Yeah. I was just <laughs> well, back, back when he had to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, some yeah. States you still do. 
Yeah. Not here, incidentally. Get, so eat yeah. your heart out. With the United <laughs> States. Catch up. Catch up to the time. Must go faster. Must go faster. Yeah, I like it. Probably watch it again. I would definitely Some, watch this in my again. Life. I will probably watch this at least once every couple couple of three years. When, whenever it's on TV, I stop and watch it. It, it, it's, it's, it is one of... It's one of my favorite movies. I really like it. The what sound is, is great. What is this whole on TV thing you mentioned? Yeah, seriously. Where does it stream? What does that mean? Because I still have a cable connection. Is uh, that? What's, what's cable? What's cable? Is that what you get the Netflix on? Because I like to stay informed outside of Facebook, so I watch the news. That's what Reddit's for. Reddit is an evil, evil <laughs> nice place answer, sometimes. <laughs> Dusty, what was your favorite scene in the movie? I think I, I have two favorite scenes in this movie. Uh, the when they when they first see the the different herds across the plane, and that you know he Brant pulled turns her head. That scene, I think it looks great. It's just it's it's expansive. It's it's beautiful. And then I like the tension filled scene uh, with the T Rex when it's knocking over the the Ford Explorer. Uh, that whole scene with the flashlight and the kid and the night. That drunk. was really good. Yeah. And, and it was really, yeah. really well done. The sound was great. Um, and, and on a technical side, I, one of the things I liked with it also was the, remember the glass of water and how it vibrated? The team that was working on that glass, the one guy, he ended up using a, a bass string, a bass guitar string and tied it to the bottom or attached it to the bottom of the glass and held it out, you know, behind where he was sitting driving the car. Because even though in the movie the Ford Explorers were were automated, there was somebody sitting in the back of it uh, with a camera set up so they could actually drive from behind. I'm kind of picturing those cars that have the fake front seats and the, the driver's seat is actually a costume. Yes. So they do the phantom cars. I'm yes. picturing some guy sitting inside the seat doing that, and then he goes to McDonald's and, you know. But anyway. the but the tech on it, he he had attached a bass string and plucked it, and that's where it got the perfect stomp of the T Rex vibration in the glass. Kind of neat. Yeah, cool. The T Rex scene is the iconic scene of the movie. Yes. Oh yeah. Like so much, you know, everybody's like Velociraptors, and the whole the kitchen scene was pretty fucking cool too. But the T Rex scene is it is the iconic scene. It is in fact like the first big reveal because you know at that point they'd seen the dinosaurs and whatever, but they're going through the park and they hadn't seen shit except for the actual shit. They hadn't seen shit, and then they're all disappointed. They're like, "Oh well, we better get back." And suddenly everything shuts down and a big fucking T Rex attacks them. And you're like. It don't got real. <laughs> That's when the real tension of the movie, I think, is like, okay, now we're going to turn up the dial and just leave it turned up. One thing I really like, too, is when uh, uh, Dr. Sadler uh, saved the day. I, I really liked her portraying herself wounded. She did a great job. And I really like that she uh, also zapped the kid. Zapped the kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 God, that was a nice tense scene too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids but, did a good job. It was very good rising action in the movie. Yeah. Her, her running into the bunker where they had all the uh, the backup stuff was was really good physical acting as well. Y'all got anything else? 
Man, those it's it's sensibly dressed, strong nosed, blonde '90s women—they really do it for me. Somewhere in their 30s, you know. I don't know why that is. There's there's actually a lot that I that I did mine for this for this uh, podcast, but it, it goes into some like really deep, some of the, not deep deep things, but it goes into a lot that we normally don't go into. So I'm I'm good with like just cutting it here. I'm fine with with uh, ending my spiel. Y'all want to take this to the game? I would love to take this. To there the is game. one thing that actually I want to I want to talk about. Uh, there, somebody had done the math, did the math on Jurassic Park, uh, and they, they, according to them, today or 2015, uh, it would cost approximately 23 billion dollars to actually build an actual Jurassic Park. And I just thought this was interesting because they broke it down. So it would be 1.5 billion for the cost of the park, another 10 billion to purchase the island. Eight million to do the research and legal team. Nine more million to harvest the dinosaur DNA. Eight and a half million dollars to clone. Eleven billion a year for employee payroll and two hundred million dollars a year for dinosaur food. Yeah, I could see that being a problem. Also, is there an island off the coast of Costa Rica? I'm pretty sure there's not. I don't know. I don't think there is. Yeah, I have some geography nerds. I'm sure they could probably chime in. Geography on this. nerds, help! <laughs> All, All right, right so well, to the game. Yeah, let's take a little break. Uh, when we come back, we'll bring it to the gaming table. All right. Hi, everyone. This is your favorite host, Matthew. This week's episode is brought to you by Guardian Games, who we are proud to have as our sponsor. Guardian Games is Portland's largest gaming store. They have almost every game you can think of, be it role-playing, board game, card games, miniature games, even video games. They also have a ton of gaming-related material and some pretty neat swag. I mean, the D20 fuzzy dice that go in your mirror that's good stuff if you uh if you're 21 uh you can have a drink in the back at the critical sip booze makes gaming better always has always will there's free games back there you'll love it uh they also have a friendly and incredibly knowledgeable staff and they are the hub of a diverse and friendly gaming community um if you're in portland you definitely want to go to guardian games Now bringing this to the gaming table. Clearly, it's rifts, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're playing. <laughs> I mean, I thought so. Wasn't right. it? Wasn't Thanks it for listening, folks. Hot, hot rods and dinosaurs. Wasn't that a game? Uh, I thought maybe. that was hot rods and like robots. It could have been a cartoon. I don't know. <laughs> Denver, the last dinosaur. Remember that? Anybody? No. It was a cartoon. Really catchy there was theme a, song. Well, there was a series of movies called the uh, what was it? The Land the Before last, Time. It was Land Before. No, Last <laughs> yeah. Dinosaur. Land Before Time. Was it Land Before Time? Yeah. Yeah, it was like six or seven movies, right? Like 12 or something. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot of <laughs> there them. There was one one good one. There was one that came to the theaters, and I think everything else was like straight to video. Like Walmart, Bargain Bin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were bad. Walmart, too. I mean, it was just bad. <laughs> oh, Walmart existed then. Oh, trust me. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't huge, was it? Yeah. I think it's always oh, been. I think God, it started yeah. huge. Yeah, I, I don't think, think so. Okay, so Walmart. But I mean, you're, I was you're a from kid. the South, though, and I know it was like Sam's Club over there or something. Wait, or is it owned Sam's by Club? Was like was Costco. Oh. Sam's Club was owned by Walmart. It was Walmart's version of Costco. Right, right. But Walmart, oh yeah. Even as a kid, Walmart was huge. I remember when Not Walmart. Not in the Pacific Northwest. It yeah. actually was an invasion here that I've seen over my lifetime. It was. It was big in, in and the Southwest. Fought, I might add, That's... which has nothing to do with games. And I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> they sell games. They're probably uh, they're the family yeah. friendly family games. Family friendly games. Yeah, 
I've, and, I have seen Cards Against Humanity in Walmart. And I'll tell you what, you know, Target, people say, oh, I shop at Target. I don't shop at Walmart. Target is just Walmart. That's red. That's it. And you it's pay more. no better. It really isn't. It's the same thing. Same horrible jobs. Same terrible Preach, way brother. to treat Get their em. employees. Get em. Target is no better than Walmart, people. Stop being all high and mighty about it. Yeah, but go ahead and pay $5 more an item. Exactly. So anyway, <laughs> Jurassic Park, let's game it. Dusty, tell us about the characters. <laughs> Yes, we uh, we're gonna start with Sam Neill as Doctor Alan Grant, and I will say before we get into any of these names, I don't think on any of them I have to apologize for for butchering. You, Thank God, that's a bold statement for you, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna, so, somewhere along the line, I'll probably fuck one up. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure of it. Okay, I'll, I'll say, uh, yeah, you know, Sam Nails, good old Sam Nails, <laughs> little Sam Neill. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say chaotic good. I'm gonna say scrupulous. I'm no, gonna say no, that. no, no. That was a, that was a one-off. Nope. No, this no, is my no. thing now. I'm, I'm gonna say scrupulous. You are now all because up to it. Um, he he went after that kid pretty hard. Yeah, I I don't, I don't see that as as like a, a lawful good thing. That was that was chaotic. What, okay, what okay. About, yeah, okay. I, I'll, what I'll do you mean went after that. that kid? What? Yeah, lawful good. Tends up on not, the, on not the, to terrify on the kids. Fence. Oh, that part. I thought you meant like going to rescue no. the kid. Where, where, oh, where he scared the kid. Yeah. Just for oh, fun. I will agree with that. I don't see any reason that a lawful good person could not terrorize it. Could not. Yeah, but you've drank most <laughs> of my flask of old granddad 114. So we're not good. <laughs> we're bringing it back old school OGD style. HMWG OGD. There we go. <laughs> Sam Neill was also, if, uh, if you don't know some of his movies, uh, he was in the Hunt for Red October as one of uh, one of my personal Such favorites. Such a good movie. We got to do that someday. Yes, I totally agree with you. Agree with you on agree that. Agree with me. Agree with you on that. Is he yes. hitting on me? What's going on here? Oh, that's that's when I come I think into he's the club. Just mispronouncing names. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that last how, how does, <laughs> so who was this agree with you person? What role did he play? Agatha agree with <laughs> Agatha agree with <laughs> Sam Neil was also that should in be the, our first T-shirt. He was also <laughs> in the Event Horizon. <laughs> Yeah, and Bicentennial Man. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Bicentennial Man is a movie we should never, ever mention again. Uh, it's such a good book. I it was such it. a damn shame. Oh, it was a book? I didn't know it was a yeah. book. Oh, wow. Well, he was in Event Horizon. Yes. Yeah. And he was he also was. in his masterpiece, In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, yes. yes. Agreed. Oh, yeah. And then we have Laura Dern as Dr. Ellie Sattler. Scrupulous. Stop it, dude. Come on. Nope. I'm putting my foot down. We are a Palladium podcast. All right. Well, where's the printout? No, we're not. We are not a, pl- we are not a Palladium printout. We're not a Palladium podcast, I mean. I'm going to say awful good for her. Yep. I'm going to say scrupulous. You're not going to let this go, are you? No, never. Uh-uh. Next time, give warning. <laughs> so we can be ready. <laughs> the floodgates have been opened. I've got a fucking Rift book right here. Hold on. Laura Dern was also, had also played in the movie The in Mask, uh, which is a, was in a mid-80s movie, which is pretty good. Blue Velvet, Fat Man mm. and Little Boy. I want you to hit. What? What are you doing? Oh, are you shitting me? <laughs> and most Where'd you recently... Get this? Where'd you get this? Amazon! <laughs> What Are is you it? fucking with me? What is it? <laughs> okay, it's a signed copy. <laughs> Riff's Chaos Earth. It's got uh, Kevin Ciambietta, Wayne Bray, Bray, Wayne or, Brady. What? 
Oh my god, he, everyone signed it. Now that could be printed on there. I don't it's know. It's not. I'm willing to bet money it's not. <laughs> the ink type is in three different. Fuck me, dude. How'd you did, did you ask for it or No, someone sold it. God. Yeah, damn that's it. that's different. That's different ink types. Somebody sold you their their autographed copy. God. Pig fucking <laughs> son of a bitch. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't notice that. I wow, yeah, Man. and you can and you can see a little bit of the indentation in the paper. Yeah. Oh fuck, that's you, nice, dude. dude. This was a discounted copy. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> and Laura Dern was also uh, most recently uh, in Star Wars: The Last Jedi as Vice Admiral Emmeline Holdo, who I liked. Oh so yeah. Yes. That was her, wasn't that it? That was her. Worst character in that it fucking held up movie. Well. Still has those cheekbones. Yes. And and, the, and that schnoz. Oh my god. <laughs> Just want to rub my schnoz into that schnoz. What am I looking at? Then we have oh, yeah. the impeccable Jeff Goldblum playing Dr. Ian Malcolm. Chaotic neutral. Dick. <laughs> Dick. Total neutral. Anarchist. Total neutral. Total he chaotic. Chaotic. Yeah, because that was his thing. Chaos. Yeah. He looks good in this movie. Like this is one of the movies where he looks really good. I, I, he he tends. He's a very put together person. I mean, he like he spends time on his appearance. He's like in his mid to late sixties, and he still looks really good. Yeah, do you see him in the league as as the dad? What's the league? It's a it's a television show about people being mean to their friends. I should watch. It's this. really good. Okay, it, it's kind of. Like between that and like uh, Doctor Cox from uh, Scrubs, it's kind of mm-hmm. who I modeled my personality on. He he has a new movie out. Uh, he's in um, Hotel Artemis, and he plays a bad guy. And I want to see it just for Jeff okay. Goldblum. He's been doing a lot of. Uh, he's had a big presence on Reddit race recently as well. Um, he was promoting Hotel Artemis and really played up his personality on Reddit. Did a good job of it. I rock on. If uh, those that are listening do not know of Jeff Goldblum and his filmography, you should Get go the check. Fuck out of here. Let's go with <laughs> I Indi- love how you change when you're drunk because you're like when when I'm drunk and you're sober, you're like, don't say things like that. We need to be inclusive. Don't don't alienate any of our populace. And then you drink a little of my old granddad and you're like, Get the fuck out of here. If you don't know Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Uh, he was in The Big Chill, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, Transylvania 65,000, Silverado, The Fly. Any of these? Transylvania of what? 65,000. <laughs> no, none of those. Transylvania 65,000. Oh, oh, oh. No, yeah. I'm afraid not. Independence Day, Prince oh, of Egypt. Oh, yeah, that, that, was, that was a movie, wasn't Holy it? Man. I, I remember that I, one. I sort of whacked that one out. Life of Aquatic. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. I think we all know who Jeff Goldblum is. Who's next? <laughs> The one that's not Jeff Bridges. Dr. Richard Attenborough yep. playing John Hammond. And what do you think is... I think this was the era before really effective teeth whitening regimens. Oh my God. Because those things, <laughs> I mean... Well, he, he is British. Not, I'm, even even so. <laughs> it, was, it was bad, man. It, yeah, it was, was pretty bad. bad. It looked like he took them out and, and then... Went to the worst bar he could find with an outdoor smoking patio, which had filled up with rainwater and cigarette butts. Oh, my And took God. the dentures out of his mouth and left them in that to stew for a month and then put them back in his mouth. Those were some awful teeth. I would, I would, 
just the smell that would emanate from that mouth would be horrible at that point. And lawful good. Yes. Attenborough? Yes. Yeah, he no. was doing everything for the good. No, he was a... <gasps> he was... No, you... He he wasn't thinking anything through. I think That's, everything he was doing has nothing was, to do with lawful or good. I will say dropped un- everything of his to save the children. He is lawful good. I would say unprincipled. No, oh, no, I see. I think yeah. because so there's this thing. If if you look in the movie, like Spielberg was trying to navigate this like weird passage between an educator and an entertainer in in his character and uh, Ian Malcolm. Uh, it's a, this is, there's this weird, I was, when I was watching, I was like, there's this weird dichotomy that's apparent and it's shows in the clothing that's worn because Attenborough's character is dressed in all white and Jeff Goldblum's character is dressed in all black. Hammond is the idealist. He's pure and he's naive. He dresses in white. Malcolm is the realist. He's cynical, but he's also correct. And he dresses in black. I, that has nothing to do with their alignment, though. That's, but I think that does help. With, I, I think that helps w- with this one character. You just all, all you all you can take is what their actions are in the movie. No, I, I agree. But his actions are for good. He's trying to do good for good. Pe- well, not only people, that, but as he, well as make is, money. he he displays self-sacrifice. There is like, that he's, too. he's willing yes. to sacrifice it all to save his children. I'll do scrupulous as well. I, he's not like gung-ho. If he were super gung-ho committed to being the awesomeness, then I think he wouldn't have done that shit in the first place. But I don't think he he realized what he was doing. I mean, he didn't. It was a situation that... And let's be fair. That, it would have worked blossomed. if he wasn't sabotaged. And he was this straight up sabotaged. It's not like his safety protocols were wrong. He not was necessarily. fucked from the outside. There were eggs. Yeah, but that, it would have failed that's not, anyway. That's not an evil act. No, oh, but I'm just saying it would have failed Eggs anyway. Eggs within an enclosure yeah. are different than monsters rampaging out of the enclosure. I got you. Yeah, the sabotage was was pretty bad. I don't know. I have it. Eh, I I can be. I can go with a good alignment. I think he was. He had good intentions. This is one of those weird cases of the ends of the means. I think the he was flawed. He was a flawed person. <laughs> Like Dr. Moreau or Dr. Frankenstein. That's fair. Moving on. We have B.D. Wong as Dr. Henry Wu. He's such and a small... Yeah, yeah I, I know, yeah, but no. kind of countering... He's the one that was the sabotage, saboteur, so I think he's, he's the evil in the movie. one. Even though he is an NPC, I would, I would, I would align him with uh, Chaotic Evil. He's only, he doesn't have enough of a significant presence in the story. He's just not even there. They show him a little bit, and then he's gone. And then we have the children, Joseph uh, Mazio, uh, as playing t- by played Tim Murphy and Ariana Richards as Lex, the Neutral little hacker evil. girl. Yeah. <laughs> their, align- their alignments were kids. kids. Yeah. 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 And then we have Wayne Knight as Dennis Nedry, the cash wanting hacker. Was he yes. more of an NPC? On yours, that's uh, anarchist. Yeah, anarchist. he was very anarchist. Numero uno. On, didn't give a fuck. on the old school, that would be um, the right school. I would say neutral evil. Yeah, I'll, I'll give. That. I don't know. Yeah. I honestly don't know where I would put him. I'm going to say neutral instead of chaotic because he wasn't interested. It wasn't chaos that he was attempting to cause, or that was his thing. What what he was? It was self interest above all. Okay, and that's that's that. neutral evil, willing to go to any. Any lengths to get what he wants. Fuck the kids, right? As long as I get paid. And then 
the Mr. Get these motherfucking dinosaurs off my goddamn island. Sadly, and I Samuel L. Say L. Jackson, this, but Samuel L. Jackson in this particular instance mm-hmm. was an NPC. He was an NPC, such a minor character. Um, but, but I would, I as, would still put chaotic good on him as even as an NPC. Yeah, that's I, I, that's just the the one you slap on whoever. I I agree. Yeah, why chaotic? Just because of his his actions, his like screaming, smoking around children. Yes, that. We even knew that in the nineties. That he never acted. Yeah, I couldn't. I can't do chaotic. I would say uh, I don't. We didn't get enough of a feel of him as a person. Yeah, yeah. That's why I just use chaotic good because that's standard person. No. Okay. Here's an NPC. Uh, Do we have anything? Anyone else? Yeah, we big game hunter, dude. I took him out because I figured also he'd be, he'd be just a, he would be he the had a largest, much bigger presence. Yeah, that he would be the largest NPC in the whole oh, thing. I, no, I think he was uh, definitely a PC. Yeah, and he just died. <laughs> he rolled shit. Yeah, maybe if you spent more time on your equipment. Wait, list, Samuel L. Jackson had more screen time than the hunter, and, and you <laughs> think that the hunter is 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 not an NPC? The hunter was involved. The hunter though. was involved. I mean, Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson, Jackson was involved. He, no, was, no, no. he was the no, nerd. No, no, no. no, no. When you go into the inn, the guy who stands behind the bar and never leaves the inn, that's, that's not, not a player. A, yeah. That's an NPC. He then, stays then, in okay, that room. Then Hammond is an NPC. No, Hammond left the room. Hammond basically, Hammond stayed basically in the bar the whole fucking time. No. What do you mean? Well, he went in with them. On the little trolley, yeah. yeah. He didn't listen to Mr. DNA. Yeah. And he, he flew in with them. Now you're, now you're being pedantic. <laughs> I'm just listening. <laughs> Let's, man. All right. Yeah, we are. We're breaking. We're getting into uh, some, some scrap details here. I, I would say that that guy's alignment would be uh, the hunter, the the big game hunter, mm-hmm. whatever his name. We keep calling the big game hunter, the wrangler, the dino the wrangler. wrangler. I guess. Uh, not, not Jason Statham, Jason Statham. That's actually a fair description, too. <laughs> no, I would say that he would be chaotic good. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, let's I don't, move I don't on. care. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's move on. All right, Matthew. Um, this one kind of wrote itself. Uh, basically, you have cleanup. Uh, the dinosaurs were supposedly had a failsafe in them. Uh, it was a lack of a vital nutrient, which name escapes me. Um, but without that, they they would die soon. Uh, so there was a genetic failsafe put in. Um, there's not much cleaning up to do. So what we're going to do for this game? is say that, like their inability to breed, somehow that failsafe ended. And basically, this is just a straight-on modern humanity attacking dinosaurs on an island. Okay. That's really all there is to it. I like it. The PCs would play as a special forces group, landed on the island for the express purpose of blowing away dinosaurs. Um. You could do this with uh, a number of things. I think equipment list would be very important. Um, oh, yeah. Heavy equipment list. Yeah. yeah, Heavy on uh, heavy machine guns, bazookas, uh, claymores would do the trick. Uh, there, there's a lot of fun things that you could do in this. Um, a clever DM will have a lot of fun with the raptors. Because not the raptors weren't really dead. Like one of them got eaten and uh, the rest just fled. And then you you had a whole nest that had been born also. So a lot of fun can be had with this. You have a very limited island. You saw from the aerial view. It wasn't that big. 
I think I think it was supposed to be. Uh, I think in the in the, the production notes it was twenty two square miles. Yeah, so it wasn't that. Yeah, so you're right. you have a, a lot of hunting to do, and I mean it's it's really simple. I don't have much. Well, it's not on video. They can't see. I don't have anything written. But um, <laughs> yeah, this is just engage the island, kill everything you see. Hopefully, go home. And that's as as players, you screw it up and you say, okay, we're just going to take in all the jets and carpet bomb everything. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> orbital strike will work. <laughs> if you wanted to run it as a game where carpet bombing wasn't an option, then you would set it up so that it's like a task force. Yeah. Like, we want to keep this out of the public eye. We have, you know, we've discredited the doctor and everything that they say so that they're going to be the laughing stock of whatever. Now we got to go clean up this mess before anybody comes to investigate kind of thing. So... You wouldn't be able to do an aerial strike because something like that would show up on a radar and suddenly people are like, why are there nukes going off in Costa Rica? So, yeah, you'd want to set it up for like a tactical group. Something like that could easily be done with any number of systems. Shit, you could use D20 Modern. I mean, you could use Savage Worlds. There's probably a Palladium variant of Dinosaur Island assassination, whatever. Probably do Hollow Earth expansion or the Hollow Earth game system. Uh, Hollow Earth expedition. Expedition. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I don't that one super well, but probably there are stats uh, for dinosaurs and rifts. Oh yeah, there are. Uh, Dinosaur Swamp is, if not a book, it's definitely part of the game. I know also that. in Robotech. <laughs> I've got, I've got one idea, and this is what I would do, what and this is kind of a. I asked people on my Google Plus feed what they thought would be the best game for Jurassic Park, and someone suggested something that blew my mind. This is a game called Dungeon Crawl Classics. So let me explain how this works. Dungeon Crawl Classics is a Dungeons & Dragons retro clone. It is a game where you have the six stats. You have... You know, you roll to attack, you add a bonus to it. If you've played D20, you know it. But it's like D20, but significantly stripped down. And you have, you know, it's really designed, as they say, to party like it's 1979. Like, it's kind of old school. Your characters are squishy. And you have to play smart in order to survive this game. One thing that Dungeon Crawl Classics does that is unique its thing this is one of the big selling points one of the most popular features of this game is called the funnel funnel is where you create three or four each player creates three or four characters completely randomly rolled from top to bottom roll these 3d6 in order down the line that sounds almost familiar roll uh, D100 to see what your background is. Okay, I start off as a dwarven shit farmer. Well, I start off as an accountant or whatever. And uh, then put all these characters together. And then you sort of feed them to a dungeon and see who comes out. I'm actually in uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics game right now with my buddy Aaron. Nice. He's, he's running it on uh, every couple of Saturdays. So we'd start off with five characters, random everything. I had like a halfling... Um, clothing dyer as one yeah, of my characters exactly. with i think weapon was like a key we we did a character jam for it on the other podcast bikers dice and bars and one of the care one of the characters world was a halfling haberdasher oh cool <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway it's all 
your characters have a background before they even get a class. Like once you start playing the game proper, then you pick a class that matches your experiences up to that point. But you start off as just a bunch of random peons and you feed them to a dungeon and see who survives. And it's always going to surprise you. Well, there's an expansion sort of a campaign setting for it called the American Survival Guide. Like, not American. Anyway, it's U-M-E-R, American, American Survival Guide. And it was kickstarted last year, the year before. It is kind of like Rift's. It has this post gonzo post-apocalyptic setting. However, it also has rules for dinosaurs. Yeah. And specifically, the dinosaur expansion for it is in its zine, and the dinosaur expansion is very specifically a dinosaur-themed park. That works. Now, yeah, I like that. You take randomly generated peon characters from weird backgrounds and feed them to the park and see who comes out. That's kind of what happened in this movie. The dinosaurs are so powerful that you have to outsmart them. You do not fight the dinosaurs. One does not pull a shotgun and shoot the T-Rex. I mean, maybe uh, a 380 Laguna would do the trick, but a shotgun, no. A shotgun will not work. Granddad's howitzer out there. If I wanted to run... Granddad's what? Howitzer? Howitzer? Howitzer. Did I say it wrong? Yeah. See, it's not yelling at the moon in the middle of the night. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> if I were going to run a Jurassic Park theme game, I think that's what I'd do. Works. It's I like kinda it. Kind of hokey. And I, I like that you yeah. took it all the way back to Dungeon Crawl Classics. That's well done. Yeah. I I, I, I like that particular way of doing things myself. And, and yeah, characters yeah. die real quick at mm-hmm. the beginning. And as they get smarter and they get XP, they get more, they get more options to not die. I like that you don't start a hero. You just start a, a person. Well, I you I, I got going, thrown through a, a funnel system with you a few years ago when you when you first moved into that into that house. I set up my own custom rules for running a funnel in Savage World. Yes, that one because I wanted to run a game inspired by the fantastic comic series Alien Legion, which is a military epic in space where. The story begins, it's just a bunch of grunts in this mercenary company out in the far-flung regions of space. The story begins, within 10 pages, half the people you've been introduced to are dead. It's great! My my Yeti character survived for a while, so I don't know how long that Yeti character lived, but I, I did love him. Unfortunately, I had to leave. Yeah, it's... I love the... I love games where the threat of death is on the line all the time and i think jurassic park well the kind oh you've got american survival guide right there in your hands matthew it's one of the alternate covers for the book now i would not use the character classes from american survival guide to run jurassic park i would use just the straight up thick stat mechanic come up with a quick chart to determine what your random background is or just make characters based on those in the movie like you know, what is your background? I am a tourist. Okay. <laughs> okay. We got five tourists, two paleontologists. No, not and one paleontologist. Uh, a biologist or botanist? What was that? Uh, I, I, think, I think she was a botanist. She was a botanist and then a, a chaos. And a lawyer. Uh, and a lawyer. Yeah. Can I see that, please? Thank you. Yeah. A few scientists, an entrepreneur, a lawyer, and a Jeff Goldblum. 
I like that Jeff Goldblum is his own, own yeah. class. Honestly, That's, if I was going to make a Jurassic Park game, I would make a class called the JG. <laughs> That that's what I would do though. There's there's plenty of options here. I would not want to run a game where you fight the dinosaurs unless I was doing your thing, Matthew. Yeah, that's only because be... I, I just go off of where the movie ends, not how to play the movie itself. Yeah. Um humans would when you get right down to the base of it, we're just basically a lot of curiosity with thumbs and it, it all winds up to the tools. The smartest way to fight dinosaurs to not is, fight them. Yeah, is to carpet yeah. bomb it. Well, even in the movie, they never fight the dinosaurs. The one person who tries to fight the dinosaurs goes out with the wrong gun and gets eaten. <laughs> Not only that, yeah. he's looking in the wrong direction. He spends all the time about how they were hunting them, and they yeah. sent out a distraction. And the first thing he does, he gets distracted and killed. Yeah, well, you know, he, he was he was not smart. He was one low of those zero, He was a low-wisdom, zero-level character yeah. who died at the appropriate time. So much of a Jurassic Park style of game would be simply using the dinosaurs as threat as color you never fight them it's more of a putting yourself in Maybe a situation an escape the island kind of scenario yeah, yeah. escape the island i can now, see that I like yeah, where, that. where did that plot, plot break down something about you know going out on the rides and having to fight. i know that's an original plot never seen before nope never <laughs> never seen that before all right so we're going um, with uh dungeon Dungeon Crawl Classics right. with the dinosaur rules from the American Survival Guide. I would say kind of mix your own background rules together or just make characters based on it. Sounds good. Another good inspiration would be the other movies of the Jurassic Park series. They kind of follow the same premise, but they have other examples of characters in them. Different scientists, maybe some mercenaries that are going along. Um more versions of kids. We always need more kids, right? Yeah, running uh, around a dangerous island. Yeah. A diplomat. Uh, administrator. More scientists. Technicians. Other tourists. It, it's ripe. It, it's definitely more of a survival game. However, for Matthews, I would definitely go more action. I would do something like Savage Worlds. I found it. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. That's that was an interesting the, That name. was the game I was thinking of. 1991. Interesting. Are there dinosaurs driving Cadillacs on no, the cover? No, you're driving Cadillacs against dinosaurs. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Based on the comics by Mark Schultz. Uh, same rule set as Twilight 2000. Well, I'm not going to put this in as a contender for a game that I would run, but I will definitely link this in the show notes because it I, sounds I just, awesome. I, I knew I had seen it before, and I was like, uh, oh, Cadillacs, Cadillacs and, dinosaur. and dinosaurs. Anyway, that's what I got. That's, that's what it I would do. It sounds good. Um, I'm... I would probably not play this one because I prefer dragons, honestly, now, as, a, as an older man. Okay, why? I, I, well, dragons are subtle. Dragons are brutal. Dragons have intelligence. Intelligent. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing, intelligence. Depends on the dragon and depends on the source of fiction. Still, I mean, they, they have an intelligence rating in, in most <laughs> systems. Um, Velociraptors, eh, they were intelligent. Yeah, but they were like cat intelligent. I, I I wasn't impressed. Dinosaurs are a, a child's thing, and as an adult, I probably wouldn't play this game. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Not not against anything you said or against the movie because you know it was it was fun. But if someone came to me and said I was going to do a, a dinosaur role playing game, I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah, fun. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to another gamer that attends GameStorm locally and a few other conventions in the area. He also has a good presence on Google Plus. Uh, John. I believe your last name is Ryer, John Ryer. You have always run a number of Savage Worlds games. 
and he specifically uh, takes inspiration from movies to mm-hmm. run these Savage Worlds games. And there was one called Valley of the Guanji that he ran, which is Savage Worlds going to uh, Valley and kill some dinosaurs. So, right. John, if you're listening, maybe you have some ideas on how to make that work. Sounds good. Anything else, guys? I don't. Uh, just to say that we have some stuff coming up for y'all. Uh, we do have a uh, a next show, which is going to be Aliens. And after Ba-ba-ba-bum. that, we are doing something interesting. We are having a uh, a vote. Uh, we're going to put out four movies on, what is it? Are you going to do it on I'm going to put it on or? our website. Okay, on our website. And I'll be linking the polls across all of the various social media platforms. Our plan you're gonna this is gonna do Facebook and Discord mostly. <laughs> we're gonna have a little bit of a test run here. Let's see how get. it works. We're now caught up. We're able to do these episodes a lot more uh, immediately, and our editing time has drastically decreased. This is gonna pop out in just a handful of days. Yeah, and like this is fresh. We've already got our next episode. This is planned, oven fresh. But uh, what fresh we're gonna edit? hopefully do is have you, the listener, vote on the next things that we're going to talk about. So our next episode is Aliens, yes. a movie that we all love. A great, great, I th- great I think that whole action. episode's probably just going to be mostly quoting. I think most of that episode's just going to be us going, dude, they'll love this fucking movie. <laughs> over and over again and saying it in different phrasings of that. Yeah. Do you want to list it now or just let them know it's coming up? We'll let them know we it's got coming cool up. Stuff yeah, it's coming good. up. It's, it's stuff really coming. good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. I was Matthew. And I'm Dusty. And I'm Nathaniel. And we'll see you and some other time and some other place. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, folks. I don't thank you for listening at all. Thanks for listening to another episode of our show. We're still pretty new to the scene, and we'd love to get your feedback. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes with your thoughts. Good or bad, they really help us get the word out. If you want to say hello, drop us a line on all of the usual social media sites. You can find the links right there in the show notes. You can also leave us a comment on our website at havemovieswillgame.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Have Movies Will Game is a Breakfast Puppies podcast production, and our episodes are distributed under CCBYND 4.0 license. Our opening theme is Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids with introductory narration provided by Isaac Scher. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.